0: by Simon Javan-Okelo, live from Seattle, Washington, USA. Greetings, beautiful people. My name is Simon Javan-Okelo. I am in Seattle, Washington, and I'm really excited to uh, introduce my guest today, Nola Rowe, who is an incredible entrepreneur and also host of the Nola Experience podcast. Say hi to our guests, please.
1: Hello, I'm
0: so excited to be here. Excellent, excellent. Thank you again for making the time out of your busy schedule to be here with us. I'll do a proper introduction in a moment, uh, but for now I want to share with our viewers and our listeners across all the platforms that uh, you're joining us from. I want to share the, the proverb for the day that is going to ground our conversation our proverb takes us all the way to Mali uh, and it says that one does not give a gift without a motive. In many, many cultures, um, gift giving is seen as, uh, you know, a way of showing love, a way of showing showing appreciation, a way of showing respect. But, uh, that, that does not mean that when somebody gifts you something, it's for free. You know, there is always something behind it, you know. And so uh, you should always pay attention uh, to why somebody is gifting you something. And that's why this Malian proverb, one does not give a gift without a motive, is really, really important. And uh, on a beautiful Friday like this, it's a reminder that there is always an underlying reason for somebody giving you something if your salary is being increased there is a reason why it's being increased you know if your mom is always serving you a certain portion of food and she decides to increase it just a little you should ask why you know (laughs) and so so many examples uh, can be given here so in our conversation today we are going to explore the meaning of uh, gift giving and and i want to share three nuggets of wisdom that my team and i researched And we feel that they are the nuggets of wisdom related to this proverb. And then we will hear from my guest who also has a few thoughts in regards to today's uh, proverb. So number one, be aware of the motives of the giver. You know, when someone gives you a gift, it is important to be aware of their motives. Uh, Are they giving the gift out of love or are they expecting something in return? You know, think about that. Number two, don't be afraid to accept gifts. You know, Uh, it's okay to accept gifts, even if you don't know that the giver has a motive, you know, Uh, you should take it and then think about the consequences later, you know, because you didn't ask for it sometime. And then number three is give gifts, give gifts with with no expectations. You know, a lot of the time we give gifts and we have the motive, uh, but we don't Tell whoever we are giving the gift what our motive is, you know. So the best way to give a gift is to do it without any expectations. Nola ro uh, what do you think about <laughs> this proverb from Mali? What does it bring to your mind?
1: <laughs> well, I, I think we've gotten to a place where we don't even have free-flowing energy around receiving and giving, you know. It's, there's so much paranoia around it at this point. And rightfully so, like you said, sometimes people give you things and you have no idea what it is that they're looking for in return. And I recently learned something very interesting. And we probably already know this. Toddlers are probably the only people who give things without any expectations of something in return at all. Like if they're helping you around the house, if they're giving you a piece of their food or a loving gesture, they're just doing it because they're naturally selfless. And I learned that they're perhaps the only people (laughs) who are 100% selfless. And, um, that's, that's a, a little bit jarring, no?
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, uh, I was smiling as you are speaking about that because this Wednesday, you know, every Wednesday my, my mother-in-law uh, takes my three girls uh, for the day, and she she's the only one who takes them to McDonald's. You know, and so my second-born daughter came back with a piece of hamburger. You know, she knows I don't eat meat, but she was like, "Daddy, I brought something for you." You know, and she was so happy. She was so excited. She kept it for hours, you know, and so she was like, you know, this is for you, you know. I was on a phone call, but she insisted, this is for you, you know. <laughs> so I, I told her, put it in the f- in the fridge for me so that I can have it later. But now I'm just reminded that this was so important to her, and she was giving it without any expectations. Uh, it's still in the fridge, so I do need to go and take it and remind her how appreciative I am, because I think that will continue encouraging that spirit of giving in her you know so I just love your response uh, for those who are joining us uh, I just want to thank you for taking your time uh, to be here with us today make sure you comment uh, if you're on YouTube or Facebook I just want to see a comment down below so that we know whether you're engaging with our conversation uh, and also subscribe to my YouTube channel if you have not done that So I want to quickly introduce my wonderful guest today, who is uh, Nola Rowe. And, uh, you know, Nola is a Guyanese visionary who uh, is also a a thriving entrepreneur, a podcast host. And uh, she runs a celebrated Guyanese restaurant uh, in New York, you know. So if you're in New York, you learn more about how you can get to her restaurant. You learn more about her podcast during our conversation today. And uh, I want you to, Nola, just take a moment and take us back to a moment when you're maybe eight years old uh, to 12 years old. Uh, I share with my guests and uh, my audiences this story where when I was eight years old, my mother gave me a bicycle and asked me to help her distribute milk and bread in our neighborhood. You know, I was so little, but I was so excited about this opportunity and That marked the beginning of my life as an entrepreneur, as a leader in the community because I I felt that, oh, I'm the only one amongst my peers who has a bicycle. I'm the only one amongst my peers who actually makes a little bit of money, you know. So uh, from, from time to time, my friends came with ideas and I would actually fund the ideas out of the little money I was making, you know. So the soccer ball you know, I would buy soccer balls for the soccer team, you know, so I was really like a philanthropist from a very young age. And all of that came from this bicycle and this moment. And so this is why I love asking my guests, you know, to take us back uh, to a story similar to that, that really inspires who they are today.
1: I hope it's okay that my story comes from when I was about three years old.
0: Uh, That's great. Uh,
1: Definitely before school age. So my grandfather, (laughs) he one day said, you know what? This girl is very smart. I don't like that she's home in the house, not doing anything. She's just hanging around the house, talking all day long. I think we should put her in school. Obviously, I was too young for school, but he still took me to the local kindergarten, the kindergarten in my village, and he said, we have to get her in school. She needs to start learning. She needs to start you know, being productive in the daytime. So the headmistress or the teacher obviously said, no, she's too young. My grandfather said, I promise you she can do the work. They told him, well, we don't have space. There's nowhere for her to sit. So what he did was, as a carpenter, went home and built a desk and a chair <laughs> and took me back the next day and said, look, we now have somewhere for her to sit. So they took me into school before I was supposed to be in school at, I think that was probably three years old.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy that he also built a, Uh, a chair and a desk for you you know um, that also encourages that already tells you that you can do that uh, for yourself you can do that for somebody else Uh, and that's that's an incredible grandfather to have you know Um, I just love that story and I love that the school had no option but to take you in because (laughs) you had a very determined uh, you know person that gifted you something that the school the school could not resist and also according to our proverb today they knew exactly what his motive was his motive was like you know you're going to have this kid here whether you like it or not
1: (laughs) (laughs) and you know this is definitely south america this could not have happened in the United States because there's you know governmental structures and laws and regulations but definitely in Guyana something like that could have happened in the 80s
0: 100% yeah even in Kenya where i come from uh, such such a thing would easily happen such a thing would <laughs> easily, easily happen because rules are always bent uh, to to accommodate everyone you know it's always about inclusivity. You know, here in America now, people are preaching in inclusivity, but in many parts of the world uh, where the African culture permeates uh, society, you find that inclusivity is a part of the norm, you know. Uh, so I love that. But I want you to think about, uh, you know, a situation where you've gone back to Guyana and you are meeting with some of the kids that you went to this school with, Uh, Some of their kids, some of the people that look up to you that have never been to the US and they're excited to hear from you. You're the keynote speaker, you know, Uh, and you're in front of them. And one of them raises their hands after you finish talking and asks, tell us about what excites you the most currently uh, in your career as an entrepreneur, as a restaurateur and uh, as a podcast host share with us one story that keeps you so excited that you never want to stop doing it
1: (laughs) well this ironically this has to be connected back to that original story of my grandfather putting me into the school right because shortly after that. The teachers, the way it was, I'm not sure why it was done this way, but the girls and the boys were separated, right? The girls were on one side, the boys were were on another side. And if for some reason one of the students misbehaved or did something that they weren't supposed to do, they would put them with the, the other kids, with the other gender, right? So I was constantly placed with the boys because I was talking all the time. I just talked all day long, just nonstop talking, talking, and they could not get me to be quiet. Right. So eventually I've learned that talking is a powerful thing because between childhood and adulthood, I've had people just tell me to be quiet. You know how it is. You talk too much. You're too loud. Sit down. Stop doing that. Why are you doing that? Why do you need to do things different? Why are you always doing something that that's uh, out of the norm? You know. And the moment I became an adult and confirmed with myself that it's okay to speak up, it's okay to be different, it's okay to go out there and do the things that you're passionate about. I was just not listening to anybody. I just started talking and people responded in such a positive way that I wanted to do this podcast. I've had so many people tell me you need to do a podcast because the conversations are great, they flow well, and you are inspiring people. So I honestly have to say this, I hate to say it, but there culturally there's a lot of suppression where i'm from you know people are constantly telling you how you should be and the box that they place you in is really really small you know and we're not small people none of us are we're we're big people so moving to the united states is really where i learned that oh my goodness people here they do all types of stuff especially in new york you know and that encouragement definitely helped me to feel more comfortable with my voice, more comfortable stepping out and being different. And um, I noticed that back home, the culture is also changing now. I think maybe because of social media, people have more access to connecting with different cultures, connecting with different ways of doing things. And they are more encouraged to be them to be free in away. So my opportunity to step out and be expressive and start this podcast is what makes me super excited because I get to be that little three year old girl that was in school too early talking all the time.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that. You know, um, when when I think about, you know, uh, your, your story from that three year old to you podcasting, I can't help but also think about your your restaurant, your Caribbean restaurant uh, in New York that is a celebrated Guyanese uh, restaurant. Uh, speak about that because talking uh, is required for customer care. It's required for customer retention. Uh, it's required for people to believe in your brand, you know. Uh, and especially food for people to travel as you're saying before we went live on the show today that some there are people who travel and the first stop before they even go to their own destination is (laughs) your restaurant so give us a virtual tour you know imagine that um, you know you're walking us you're opening the door you know uh, and you know the restaurant is already open people are already uh, you know enjoying the food uh, share with us the smells, the sounds, you know, and your favorite meal at the restaurant.
1: <laughs> yeah, when you step into the Hills Restaurant, well, first of all, we are located on Church Avenue in Brooklyn, which is a high traffic area. Uh, the environment, it's very busy, bustling, a lot of Caribbean people, a lot of Guyanese, Haitians, Jamaicans. And uh, Trinidadians, the whole Caribbean is in Brooklyn. But when you step through that door, you know you're in Guyana because you smell the spices and the curry. You see the lo mein and you see how it looks different from maybe a Chinese restaurant. You see bacon saltfish. You see Metem G in the morning, which Metem is actually, I don't know if you know this, but Guyana is made up of six peoples, right? And one of the groups is African. We have a lot of dishes that are African-inspired. So our metem, which is a medley of ground provisions, yams, green plantains, potato, um, duff, which is a really big, spongy, fluffy dumpling, boiled in coconut milk, And spices and seasoning that's African inspired and when you walk in and you see that you know you're in Guyana, right, you know that this is home. Uh, The flavors are really what always brings people back because i'm not just saying it to say it guys, but the food is awesome and that's the reason why, like you mentioned celebrated and if I am in the store on that particular day, the music on the TV, we usually have like YouTube rolling all day long with music. It's usually Afrobeats for me. And and, uh, if my mom is there, you're gonna hear gospel, right? And there's another person on staff who only plays reggae So you're definitely gonna have uh, the aroma. You're gonna be delighted by the array of uh, dishes, colorful, hearty, a lot of vegetables and music. And my favorite part about the community and the culture is definitely the people. If you have not experienced Guyanese people, you will definitely either be shocked by their aggressiveness, by their loudness. They're very direct. And I think as an African man, you can probably relate very easily to that type of energy because we are very outspoken. But if we need to buckle down and love and support and uplift each other, that's definitely what happens. And when you come to the Hills restaurant, that's the experience that you have.
0: I love it. I love it. But the most thing I love is how how uh, excited you are when you're talking about it, you know, uh, when you're talking about the Hills Restaurant. Uh, yeah, and now I'm salivating, and I, I feel like I need to let our audience members, especially those who are in the Seattle area, know about the upcoming Taste of Madaraka Festival, the first of the series this, uh, uh, this year. Uh, actually happened in April, April fifteenth, but the second one is happening September seventeenth, this Sunday, and every third Sunday of the month, you know, every third Sunday of the month, we will be having Madaraka Test of Madaraka Fe, uh, Test of Madaraka Festival. Uh, I have been producing Madaraka Festival for nine years. This is the ninth year, and next year is going to be the ten year anniversary. So we want to bring our our community together around food as we prepare for the ten year anniversary and the hope is because Madaraka Festival was in New York this year, the hope is that we are back in New York again and our hope is to be able to visit the Hill restaurant and 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 bring the Guyanese uh, you know culture and, and vibe into Madaraka festival, you know? <laughs> yeah Definitely.
1: so I would love that.
0: Excellent, excellent so Nolaro, um talk to us about how everyone who is watching can support you, uh the work you do, uh can stay connected with you. Uh, you know, just speak about all those now.
1: So of course, social media. It's uh, the easiest way that you can tap in. You can go to the NOLAROExperiencePodcast.com, the Experience Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you are on social media. Uh, the podcast airs on YouTube for those who like to watch. And for those who prefer to listen, if you're driving, we're on Apple, Spotify, Google, and any audio platform that you love listening to. The Hills Restaurant, of course, uh, like I mentioned, Church Avenue, 4706 Church Avenue in Brooklyn, New York City, Guyanese, Caribbean, a little bit of American food. And thehillsbk.com, thehillsbk on social media. It's super important, we all know this, to connect with your people and support because it's literally the only way that we become uplifted. You know, I have my own personal quote as well. Uh, I say, if we give each other, we will always have. So that's definitely what I uh, encourage people to do, come through, support, whatever it is that you have going on, I will come through and support. And guess what, I'm coming to Seattle. (laughs)
0: When are you coming to Seattle? <laughs>
1: I will be at the dinner in November.
0: That's so perfect! Wow, there. <laughs> I think you're the second person from New York coming to Seattle for this dinner in November. Uh, the other person is Shienze. Shienze Fashion House. She was at New York uh, Fashion Week. I'm just so humbled that you're coming for this one. Uh, no, November. I'm excited. Yeah, November is Ghanaian. We are going to have a Ghanaian, a well-known Ghanaian chef. His name is also music, uh, actually an award-winning uh, music producer from Ghana. But he's a chef, and, and not many people know that he's a chef. Uh, and one of the things with this dinner series is we bring we bring out some of these great chefs into the limelight. And the first time he actually catered food was at Madaraka Festival last year and after he did that everybody was looking for him was everybody was like where's that chef that cuttered food at madaraka festival and now he's becoming a household name in seattle you know he he's provided food at uh, king county uh you know uh, during the council meetings he's provided food at uh, at other bigger events than madaraka festival and so we are really excited for him to uh, be the featured chef in November, and I'm really really excited that you're going to be there yourself so let me know how I can support and make your stay in Seattle uh you know wonderful and you know after this, maybe we should talk about you actually coming back and being the featured chef you know <laughs> anyway, thank <laughs> you, you know thank what? you.
1: you know what I'm super excited about Guyana and Ghana have always been confused with each other people everywhere forever they did not know the difference between guyana and ghana so of course guyana south america ghana africa huge difference but i am super excited to try food from ghana
0: excellent man uh, thank you uh, well after the show just let me know when when you're arriving and i want to i want to help make your uh, stay in seattle as exciting as possible And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm just grateful, uh, you know, to our audience members who have joined us uh, for today's show. This has really been an amazing conversation with Nola Rowe, who is an entrepreneur, a visionary, and uh, also uh, a podcast host. You know, the host of the Nola Rowe Experience podcast, and uh, she also runs a a celebrated Guyanese restaurant uh, in uh, New York uh you know noel i want you to speak a little bit about podcasting you know uh i feel like podcasting is such an important um skill set uh for business people like you for entrepreneurs uh you know and i feel like it gives people freedom to be able to share their ideas without being um without waiting for the mainstream media houses to to share your stories you know without waiting for you to become an author uh, and publish your book you know you can literally wake up like myself you know and in my home office you know uh, be able to have a conversation like this that uh, has reached hundreds uh, and maybe millions uh, in the life in the lifespan of this conversation you know and so i want you to speak about you know why you podcast why it's important to you and maybe your, your favorite Episode in the Nola experience, uh, in the Nola Roy experience podcast.
1: (laughs) I love podcasting because it nurtures that little girl that I keep talking about, the little girl who's inquisitive, the little girl who's expressive. And this is my opportunity to release that energy from my body, you know, whatever it is that you have inside of you that needs to come out, let it out. Because if it stays there, it weighs your body down. Right. And I believe there are a lot of people who are not okay. They're probably sick because they are holding on to passions that they have not, uh, (laughs) that's funny. I just, I just read the comment. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I want you to speak to it in a moment after you finish (laughs) what you're saying.
1: (laughs) Um, So podcasting allows me therapy on a personal level. On a community level, I love being able to speak with people who... I think the the direct message or the private message, that's where things truly come alive because people will say, I love that you said that, thank you for saying that, this is something that I'm experiencing and you just gave me something to think about, you gave me insight. And the podcast is the reason why NOLA from South America, Guyana was able to connect with a man from Kenya who's in Seattle, you know, I don't know if we were not on this platform, if we would have crossed paths, you know what I mean? So I think being from a opposite ends of the world and, and, and the country and being able to connect in such a beautiful way, that's another reason why I love this and why
0: I do it. I love that. Yeah, so if you're watching and, uh you've been thinking about starting your own podcast. You know, you had the values of podcasting from Nola Rowe who has been my wonderful guest today. And uh, Nola I can't wait to have you back on the show again. So, uh, you know, if you, are, if you are working on anything that you want me to, uh, you know, help push uh, to the world, let me know and I'll happily have you back again. If you want to have me on your show, also let me know. You have a studio, you know, uh, and I feel like one day I should visit your podcasting studio and be able to be your guest. You know, Uh, I just I just feel honored that you made the time uh, for the show today. Go ahead. I think you have something to say.
1: I'm honored. Uh, The honor is mine. I am delighted and super excited. So all the things go to you.
0: Excellent. So is there anything that you want to share that I have not asked, that you want to speak about uh, as we get to the end of our conversation today?
1: I'm just really excited about everything that we've discussed and super excited about being in Seattle. I hope that I get an opportunity to... Uh, get some footage get some content with you as well and I look forward to working with you and anybody else who has tuned in and heard about my podcast and the business please 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 support and if you can please reach out and let me know how I can support you if you're working on something as well
0: excellent excellent so uh, I shared a comment here from Norma Diana Stanton who says that I know breakfast is probably done but now I want a bake with a saltfish from the hills. Talk about that for a moment.
1: Yeah, the bacon saltfish is our, it's a, it's a very popular breakfast dish. Um, every country has their version of bread, right? Our version, the bake, which is something that's prepared throughout the Caribbean, is a round breakfast bread. It can be fried, it can be roasted, and typically what we do is we'll cut it open and stuff it with sautéed sawfish. For the people who don't eat uh, seafood or, or meat, we'll stuff it with okra or pumpkin or spinach um you can get it with sausage and eggs you can get it with corned beef whatever your uh, taste is but that's one of our super popular staple breakfast dishes and it's 9 30 here in new york so it's definitely still available
0: <laughs> nice 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 that's wonderful that's wonderful and do you know uh Norma, diana stanton or uh, are they just a fan of your restaurant
1: I know her that's uh, that's my really really good friend and one of the people who is always super supportive and like i mentioned before support is we, we can't do any of this without support right so i'm grateful for someone like her who's helped to raise me up
0: i love that i love giving my audiences uh you know a shout out at the end of the show so norma thank you again for joining uh, one thing that I just want to mention to everyone who is watching, especially on YouTube, I recently noticed that about 75% of people who join me for the Afia podcast are subscribers of the channel, and I really want to work to bring that to 50% viewers to be subscribers. It means that our subscription rates compared to our viewership rate is just very low. So if you're watching this the one way you can help me right now is actually to subscribe to the channel uh, and give this video a thumbs up that is going to be something that you know helps grow this platform so that we can continue having other incredible guests and building this platform that continues to connect uh, our people uh, from across the diaspora so thank you again um nola and uh, have a beautiful weekend and i can't wait to see you in person in november you know keep up the great work that you do
1: thank you so much see you
0: then You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javano Kelo, live from Siam.